So use that. Go, there's here's the three windows. So while Ireland full team are playing South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, or whatever they're playing during the November window, send your little XV off to France or whatever, if you can, if there's squads available. That's when you do them. You can't do it during URC season. When we see how competitive URC is coming, like Munster are in big trouble at the moment. They might not make Champions Cup next year. That is is devastating for the province. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome back to House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland. It's actually Halloween today, so happy Halloween. And I'm joined by my two old friends, Lindsay Peed and Jason Hennessy. Welcome back, guys. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. No, I can't complain. I was actually at Cork Jazz over the weekend. So you probably hear a bit of raspiness in my voice. So I was singing, singing a bit of jazz on Well, listen, I was going to say, yeah, the raspy voice, you fit in well. Enjoyable well. weekend. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Cork Jazz is one of the best weekends of the year. Have you ever been? I haven't, but we were just talking before the show and Jason said he has had one of the best, some of the best weekends down there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great crack. It's something I remember, do you know, I think the last moment was just before COVID. I remember saying to myself, as soon as COVID is back, I'll have to go. Like, <laughs> I didn't go this year, but uh, it's on my list now to go back next year. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic weekend for anyone that hasn't been. The funny thing is you actually be lucky to find jazz when you're down there because it's just a piss <laughs> up in a pub, basically. <laughs> well, yeah. we are Irish as it is. It's exactly, just, it's just yeah. little uh, headings that was just for different reasons. It's just piss up, but under different umbrellas. Yeah. Stereotypical Irish. How was your weekend, Lindsay? Were you playing rugby? No, we had a weekend off, thankfully, so just caught up with some friends, uh, watched the Katie Taylor fight. So Yeah, shout out to, to Katie her. Taylor. Yeah. Unbeatable. So, unbeatable. She uh, she just played along, but her opponent was good. She did a long reach, obviously, gave her a bit of hassle, but as Katie said herself, she boxed smartly and just did what she had to do with three, unanimous vote for the three judges. So she keeps on rolling. So uh, I know she was big on her post-fight uh, interview saying she wants it back in Ireland, as was Eddie Hearn. So... Hopefully you might see her back in Croke that Park. So yes, <laughs> that would be sellout. I think it'd be just cracking. And as she said, it, it'd be just the epitome of her career. And I think for women's boxing in general. So yeah. the powers that be, if you're listening, make it happen. <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Katie Taylor is the best athlete to come out of Ireland full stop ever. 100%. Well, yeah. she's up there. I mean, you know, for such a small country, I don't think we're credited with how, how many great athletes, yeah. including yourself. <laughs> that we've produced like genuinely mm. but I think for what she's done for boxing and getting it into the Olympics and then you know turning pro back in 2016 and like yeah. Madison Square Garden in her last bout like she's um, undisputed like undefeated in the world like she can't she's done the best she can in the sport like and mm. it's, I just don't think there's anyone that equals that in their profession no, no and I think sure. like even the last like I think we we don't credit I think it was Jesus is a back is it 20 years that we, the last time we won Olympic gold in the men's section? Not to make it about sexes, but mm. I think just to show the gravity of, of or the enormity of what she's actually done yeah. um, is huge. And I think hopefully now uh, Serrano might, you know, be the opponent that we're looking forward to, you know. So I think it's back at her camp now and they're kind of, you know, playing this mind game now. So yeah. watch this space. Yeah. But uh, look, hats off to her. She's an absolute credit. Try and get her playing rugby at some stage, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason, how are you? How was your weekend? Good, good. I had a quiet weekend. So I had my Halloween fancy dress last weekend. And so I still have a small bit of a Wolverine beard here. So... Don't make fun of that too much. So it was a lot worse. It was down the middle and the whole top off and the white tank top and stuff. So almost grown back. Can we put a picture on the show? Have we got a picture first? No, I might put it. We might put it in a post in my Wolverine costume. Like, but uh, yeah, good crack. I think uh, we should. I think back to the Katie Taylor thing. Sorry, I just wanted to add one there. I think with something like that, right? When someone reaches those levels and gets so good, I don't think you were going to realise 
how big an athlete she was for us until she's retired. Yeah. Because at the moment you just live it and you enjoy it and you don't make those comparisons. It's, like, it's unfair on her. Yeah. Because I think there's more to come from her. She's mm. only going to get better. Yeah. And she seems to be unstoppable at the moment. I think in five or ten years time when she retires, we'll look back and go, yeah, I think she's probably one of the best, if not the best athlete we've ever produced. And as far as I agree with Greg and agree with yourself, as things stand, yeah. It's, it's hard to, to be think in my head anyone else to come near her. No. Do you know? Yeah. Not at all. So you didn't watch the Jake Paul fight over the weekend, no? Premier, no. Premier boxing against Addison uh, Silva. <laughs> no. Good. Either did I. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> let's not give Jake Paul any time. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted like, to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. So we'll actually start talking about a bit of rugby now. We, yeah. Katie Taylor, we love you. I know you're listening, so keep it up. Um, <laughs> Jake Paul, not, Jake Paul, not so not much. Not No. Um, we're going to actually hear from Alton Delan, who's over in La Rochelle, and he's in the Irish second row. Um, our very own Pat chatted to him a few weeks ago, but we'll get on to that later because... The main topic for this week is Ireland are playing this weekend against South Africa. They're actually playing against the All Blacks 15s on Friday night as well. So exciting times, international rugby back on the TV. What do you think, Lindsay, of the squad that got announced this, this year? Uh, well, look, it's been since, what, 2017, since we've had South Africa here. You know, it's a big, big game. But I think the, it probably builds on our chat last week and the week before about the Emerging Ireland squad and having Ireland A back and a couple of those lads being in that squad and again having the All Blacks here who we've historically now under the thumb now in the last couple of months. Oh, under the thumb. Oh, yes, you heard it here. Yeah, all that's all that's you heard it here. Oh, God, I'm sorry if we get... Yeah, that could... Hopefully they're not listening. Anyway. Um, <laughs> of course they're listening. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> Number one show. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's a positive. I think it'll be nice for those lads to get game time who won't be in the squad for, for Saturday's game. And yeah, I think it's all now about... And we'll get into it, delve deeper about game time mm. and top 50 and the amount of talent we have now and it's a conundrum it's a blessing but probably a conundrum at the same time so I think it's all around positive to start the weekend off yeah. right and Mr Rugby lad Jason Hennessy it's very interesting to see them pick this kind of Ireland A buffer squad mm. on top of the normal squad what do you make of that? I think it's something we've we talked about that a couple of weeks back in the, with the Emerging Ireland squad and it's something that we've been cribbing and moaning for a long time about bringing that A team back because we go back to our old pal Darren Cave Depth, 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 so much depth. And we do, like we can like we can laugh and joke about mm -hmm. it. But there is incredible depth. When you look at someone like you look at someone like Dave Kilcoyne and that's why he's got 49 caps. But unfortunately, he's down, he's below the pecking order because there's some incredible props ahead of him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's and for us to have more games for these guys to play international rugby, and we don't want to go into another World Cup where we have 25, maybe 30 players yeah. that are there and at the moment, and what if they get injured? What if someone drops out? You need these guys playing regularly. You need them playing international rugby. And we need as much depth as possible mm. in every position. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so huge. If you want to win a World Cup, it's going to be a 31-man squad effort. Is it 31? 33. Still, yeah. brought, up, brought up 33, sorry. 33, said, yeah. Brought up 33. But it's going to be a 33 squad effort. Like, we look back. I mean, I think one of the most famous examples was 20... Was it 2011 when Stephen Donald came in for... Mm. 2011, so... I think they were out there four choice out half that year in New Zealand. He was out fishing before the semi-final and got a phone call going, do you want to come in there and play a World Cup final? You know, and that's the kind of levels that you have to be prepared to go to and have guys. Yeah, so exactly. So maybe, yeah. maybe Dave Kilcoy might be out fishing on a boat like, and get a call. <laughs> might not make the squad. Out maybe someone or He could be out in Kilkee. <laughs> yeah. You know, you look, look down the list, like there's, there's guys there who are phenomenal players and we know their class yeah. that are in and out. Someone like, I mean, Jacob Stockdale's coming back into the squad now. Jacob Stockdale, three years ago, was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm. He, that scored that amazing try against New Zealand. He 
broke records left, right and centre. What was it like? Something like 11 tries in his first like 12 or 13 yeah. games where we're like, this guy's unbelievable. Had a really unfortunate time with injury. And now we've forgotten about him. He's like seven, eight choice winger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, he's still there. So we need these guys. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's made his way back into the actual, is a 30 man squad for these uh, games coming up, which is great to see him back. He's been injured for a full, nearly a full season, I yeah. think. Um, and hopefully he gets back now, gets a bit of game time. But his Ireland A panel, there's only a couple of lads in it and I'll name them out. So Tom Ahern, Dermot Barron, Jack Crowley, Shane Daly, all Munster lads. We've Max Deegan, Jamie Osborne, Scott Penny from Leinster and Roman Salano is in there as well. Then we have Dave, Dave Kilcoyne, who you mentioned, and Marty Moore. So it's only a handful of lads. I presume all of them are going to be starting this weekend against All Blacks mm -hmm. 15s. And yep. then Lindsay was saying that the rest will be supplemented with the guys that don't play against South Africa. So it's really interesting. And actually, Dave Nusavora sat down with all the uh, meet and press during the week. And he kind of just kept going on about the model of Irish rugby at the moment and how good it is that all these guys are playing. And they kind of touched on the point that when Joe Smith was around, he wanted three good players in every position. Mm -hmm. And Andy Farrell's after kind of extending that to he wants 50 good players overall. And behind the scenes, they've all sat down and named their top 50 players in Ireland, which would be very interesting. I'd love to see that list, wouldn't you? God, I think it was just piles of paper. You just like scrap it and go again. And I think it'll be... I think it's a good, I think it was 40 minutes plus, you know, David Newsforce sat down and answered a lot of tough questions because, you know, with such hype and the emerging squad, it obviously ruffled some of the provinces, you know, and I suppose if you look at Munster now, which we'll go into later in the show and they'd, what, 30 players unavailable with yeah. injury and everything like that. You can understand naming 50 players and Ireland have never been in that position. Like we just mm -hmm. spoke about Jay Jacob Stockdale. He probably would have been the central figure for our success and, we've had a year and built on the success he was involved in and yeah he was nowhere to be seen no one yeah. mentioned his, his name um we've Stuart mccluskey who's like shining with ulster and yeah he hasn't really shone for us at Ireland because he's never given an opportunity because of the center pairings that have just again between ring rose who's back to his absolute best henshaw uh aki i mean yeah we're in a very very fruitful position but i do think who you know we could name the 50 but we still now come the summer you know, or when the World Cup happens, you know, who's going to be fit? Who's going to be performing well? You know, I still think it's going to be the hard job for Andy Farrell to keep everyone motivated mm -hmm. and then to even pick your your starting 15 that is going to be, be every opposition. And we haven't gotten over any quarterfinal stage. We've underperformed the last two World Cups anyway. Yeah. So I can see his point. I'd hate to be naming the 50 and even in an order as such to even, you know, pick a 35-man squad that he did for this weekend. Who's going to, you know, play against the All Blacks? But I think we're doing well. I think he's, we spoke about, he spoke about Lancaster going to um, Racing. He spoke about, obviously, the provinces, you know, probably having some bit of leeway in their own decisions, but also liking the model. Um and fairness, you can't take it from him, Nusfari. He's built some system, some model in the last couple of years, like, 100%. Every team is doing well, isn't it? Even the women, the sevens are all yeah. doing well. The women's, well. the sevens, um, obviously the, the men's success in the sevens World Cup like yeah. come from nothing. You, like you were heavily involved in that and it's yeah. it's testament to the model he has built. He's kind um, of flexed on the world as well. He said there's a lot of other nations jealous of us. I was like, go on, David. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and come out of a pandemic still on the right side and performing and keep, you know, the, the, the revenue turning yeah. over. Still got four provinces that are uh, yeah. not in administration. <laughs> One of the only unions that's actually upped players' contracts <laughs> after COVID yeah. so <laughs> News of Four you ruffled some feathers but you're doing well my friend well he was very confident wasn't he and you know very very confident very just to the point like you, you I suppose 
you could be offended by his honesty. Mm. Um, and we might go into that with maybe women's contracts in ways, but uh, you have to stand by. It's refreshing to, for someone to be so confident and stand by a model that's working for our little nation. Do you know what I mean? Of so, course, yeah. We're number yeah. one in the world now in 15s men's. Yeah. We have sevens came third in the world. The women are, are smashing it now and they're definitely going to get together and get into the next World Cup. Yes, so please So it's, it's really, really positive. And um, he also kind of flexed on the world saying how good Andy Farrell is and that they gave him a contract extension to 2025 even before the New Zealand tour but hadn't announced it. So their confidence in Andy Farrell is through the roof and he's even touching on the fact that Farrell might get the head coach job for the Lions. Mm, yeah. What do you make of that? I absolutely love that. I think, I'm trying to think in my head myself, when is the last time we had an Ireland head coach as head coach of the Lions, I'm trying to think, Pat, have we even had one in the last while? No, we haven't. We've all, yeah. No. And we, we rarely have that many people involved. You yeah. know, Farrell has been involved, but he wasn't, the first year he was involved with the Lions, he wasn't with Ireland. The second year he was. We very rarely does Ireland have a huge amount of coaches with the Lions. Bothers me a small bit because I think no matter how hard you try as a Lions head coach, if you're head coach of a, of a nation at the time, which you were going to be of one of the the four nations, you are going to be a little more, more favourable towards your own players because you know them. You trust them. Hence why Gatlin always went a bit Welsh heavy depending, regardless of their form. Of course. So for, for like, from an Irish perspective, I think it'd be fantastic because number one, I do think he's probably the best man for the job at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe who else could you think? I mean, I couldn't see Eddie Jones doing this. Um, I think maybe Steve Bortrick or someone who could definitely do it. But I would put Farrell slightly ahead of him because mm -hmm. of his international head coaching experience. And uh, Farrell's done a lines tour as well as an assistant coach. Yeah, he's done an yeah. assistant coach. He's done two lines tours, I think. He's done two. Is he done three? Two, he's done three, I think three right. actually. He's done mm. three. Mm. So, and even as well, like straight away from an Irish perspective, we're guaranteed or we're probably going to have 10, 11, 12 tours. And everyone knows it's a hell of a lot better turn tuning into a lines tour from an Irish perspective when it's yeah. filled with Irish players. And is it Australia next time around? So. Mm. Should be. I'd, I'd love to see it. When is that? That's 2025. 2025. Okay, 2025. Yeah. So not that long ago, not that long ago. So we have a lot of rugby coming up over the next couple of years. We have a World Cup before that as well. Yeah. And touching on the World Cup and there's 50 players that the other few mentioned, um, a lot of lads put their name up to get into the 50 and they said the pecking order changed after mm. the Emerging Ireland Tour. And Nusifor said that they're going to try and do it a bit more, get lads down to France, New Zealand, South Africa. And he kind of used this phrase that there was a lot of friction within Ireland and Irish rugby in the provinces and the RFU mm. of creating this tour. Um, but you think it's really positive, Lindsay, didn't you? Yeah, because I think, you know, we alluded to um, on, on our opening episode that, you know, we've a lot of guys that you've mentioned, Max Deegan, you've mentioned Scott Penny. Now, Scott Penny is an absolute try machine. Now, he's not only competing for the number seven jersey with Josh van der Fleer at Leinster, he's also now competing with him at Ireland. Do you know? And I think for a guy like that, he was confident, you know, had a great season last season, obviously, again, kind of hampered with injuries. Where do you get this guy game time to see? Can he, you know, um, stand at, at international level? Like, and we've yeah. seen Dan Levy, unfortunately, having to retire through injury. Like, so there was yeah. a jersey up for grabs for him. So Another lad is Will Connors. Will Connors. Like, yeah. he's only back from injury. And again, he's like, he he's standing. He was the man when, before he got injured. Like, Absolutely. So yeah. And that, like, it's so it's all well and good for the continuing success of our performance and everything like that. So it's testament to this hasn't been a drop because we've lost these players. But how do you get these lads game time to get back in and build their confidence? And mm. I think that's where the emerging tour plus it puts it kind of puts pressure on 
I know there was a question about diversifying from the schools and the school system. Then we were it works for Leinster, but it's obviously not the right framework for Munster because mm -hmm. they don't have enough private schools. The same with kind of Connacht, so it'll put pressure on. <clears throat> excuse me, the provinces to kind of look at how they're recruiting players. And I, I know News Four alluded to that, and he, he probably he actually said if when they look at the women's game and recruiting, it'll probably have a knock on effect on how they run the men's. Mm -hmm. And he covered the club game and all that. So I think. It's good for those guys to get game time, but I think it'd be nice to for the provinces to refresh, excuse me, refresh and the RFU to refresh how they're recruiting athletes for the game of rugby. And I think that'll be the nice side of it. Um, yeah. It might be the nice side for a while because you will have that knock-on effect for the likes of Munster and Connacht when their big guys are gone. Um, but I think for, and the likes of Jack Crowley, I thought Jack Crowley had an absolutely outstanding game the weekend. And I think that's from confidence and building and getting game time. And he's getting that continuous game time to to build and blood himself and I think that's going to be key Yeah. so I think it's the swings and roundabouts and again the friction he said himself it's not about friction it's about having these difficult conversations yeah. and sometimes you have to force that's it it's, it's not about like we can there's no point in crib in the morning we need to have a, a, a simple discussion about this and figure it out and that's what the RFU, your RFU needs to do with the provinces so the, the big thing is it has to align with the window so I would be looking at going forward <coughs> if I was to be doing these Ireland XVs and send them to France, New Zealand, South Africa. I'd be putting them in this window, this autumn window, where there's no URC on. So there's this panel there, right? Look at all the guys who play for Munster, Ulster, Leinster and Connacht the weekend. There's a panel there of another 60 guys, right? That are going to be doing nothing now for the next three weeks. Plus your 10 guys that will be involved in this A game. So use that, go, there's a, here's three windows. So while Ireland full team are playing South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, or whatever they're playing during the November yeah. window, Send your little XV off to France or whatever, if you can, if there's squads available. That's when you do them. You can't do it during URC season. When we see how competitive URC is coming, like Munster are in big trouble at the moment. They might not make Champions Cup next year. Oh, man. That is, yeah, that is devastating for the yeah. province. So yeah. there has to be, as I said, I agree 100% with both of you that Emerging Ireland, these games, these XVs, they're, they're good for the country. But there is a knock-on effect. But there's ways of, okay, right, how can we do this? So there's we're minimalizing the amount of effect that it has on the provinces while benefiting Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to have those discussions and it, it all comes back to this global calendar that we've been talking about for the past decade. At the moment, they've fixed it with the URC. There isn't as many games on and because everything is kind of slowly getting back to normal with COVID and everything and now you can use that window now there's no URC on during this November window. If, 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 there's, if it's viable to send your XVs off do it then. Yeah, the only issue I think with that is that you send them away in this window when the international games are on is yep. that the coaches are going to be with the A team and not with the B team that are gone away. So you'll be changing who's interacting with the players. And a big thing that News 4 said about this Emerging Ireland tour was that it gave them one-on-one -on -one time with the Ireland coaches. Yes. And like, the provinces, the, this friction thing we're talking about, the provinces are giving out. Like, we need these lads playing games in the URC. But News 4 said that we won't get any more insight into these players seeing them play URC. We need to be hands-on with them, see them playing at international level and how they work like in and around the dressing room. You know how important that yeah. is, like seeing guys, how they operate, how they train. I know Paul O'Connell was interviewed on the IRFU um, social media and he said it was like seeing guys before training, what they do for warm-ups, like chatting them around with a coffee. Yeah. Them, them things are massive for coaches. Like, and that's probably what's put guys into this pecking order. Guys like, there's a load of lads uncapped that got into this team yeah. um, for the weekend or for the next three games. Like Keen Prendergast, Calvin Nash, Kieran Frawley, Jeremy Lockman, Jimmy O'Brien, Joe McCarthy. They all must have just been yeah. putting their hands up as like proper good men down in, the, down in um, South Africa. So that's another big element of it. But Nusifora also said that it kind of just, the IRFU comes first. And Which, that's, that's the model that's, we have that's here. That's fair enough. But could you kill two birds at the one stone there, right? And could you have a, a 
So if these guys were playing an XV game at the weekends and the other guys are off playing test rugby, could you have, for talk's sake, 70 or 80 players training in the HPC, you're right, and then use that as an opportunity to bring someone like a John Fogarty and a Dennis Leamy in to coach, and he's yeah. getting coaching experience at the international level yeah. alongside the coaches. So it's all rubbing off on everyone, the highest level, and we're spreading the highest level around as much yeah. as possible. Like, unfortunately, we have to use these tight windows. That's yeah. how much, there's so much rugby to be played. We have to, and we can't just go, no, you're gone here for four weeks and it's only Irish rugby. Mm. We, have to, we have to work together. So there's an opportunity to get the, coach, the coaches of tomorrow tuned, uh, yep. tuned up to international test level. Yep. Like D Dennis Leamy would benefit massively from coaching with the Irish I think quadrant. that's a great point. So would, so would Mike Prendergast. So would John Fogarty. I can, whatever other coaches that are with or Munster, Leinster, Ulster and Connacht, mm. like, they'd all benefit from that. And so yeah. would the players. Everyone wins. Yep. Yeah, so like have them all in train together in Blanchard's oh, corner, oh, Carton yeah, House, yeah. and then send them off in different off places. Off the former yeah, centre, yeah. yeah, up in Dublin. So it's a good idea, yeah. So there's something we can Maybe look you at. You can have that one for free, David Nusifor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we won't charge you for that suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that uh, came out of this uh, press briefing was the substantial pay increases for sevens players and also contracts offered to women's players. So do you want to talk about the women's contracts first? Yeah, obviously there was a lot of media coverage in it during the week that, uh, you know, a number of players, like a lot of players had refused the contracts. Um, so I think it's just, I think, again, Dave alluded to it, you know, it's the contracts are about choice. So there's contracts there for, for players that have been offered them to take them and they can train like athletes and become the best rugby players they want, which is noble. Do you know, but for some, unfortunately, that choice depends on what contract they were they were offered. It just wasn't a, a viable option. Do you know, disclose the offers to the women. Uh, well, the, like three tiers, so 15, 20 and 30, and they can increase with game. So they get game uh, Bonuses. like, yeah, okay. and match payment fees. for match fees. Sorry, that was the word. Thank you so much. Mm. Match fees, um, bonuses. Uh, so you could look at someone on the higher end could make up to probably 43,000, which isn't anything to be snuffed at. But if you're those players who are in a really good time, you know, profession um, and you're offered 15, you just can't give up your career. Mm. And then obviously, again, if I wouldn't pay rent in Dublin. Like, Jesus never mind. Christ, you wouldn't never, even get for a year. Never mind. The cost of petrol and tolls alone, <laughs> if you're going to the HBC and you live southside, you'd be goose. You know what I mean? So, and then you're trying to obviously be your nutrition. You know yourself, it's actually... To feed yourself to be a top class athlete is actually so dear. Three, four, five meals a day. Average and the best of ingredients, you know. Best of ingredients. You're eating all the time. Your protein, your supplements, you know, hydration, you name it. So like you're just trying every gimmick possible to be the, give yourself the best chance. Now, again, he kind of said there's a hybrid option. So people will be brought in for Six Nations. Again, they'll be paid for their time. They'll be given match fees, they'll be given bonuses, but it'll be just kind of a block. But again, those players will fall behind because I think if you're not on a contract, you won't be training, you know, before mm. you're kind of brought in for Six mm. Nations. So, again, like, don't get me wrong, really, really positive. Uh, but I'm not sure for a lot of the players, maybe in specialised positions or kind of we're that, you know, older age bracket or we're in full time professionals, professional jobs that they just, you know, had no choice to give up. They just it's not financially viable for them. Mm. I think that's sad for them after inputting so much time into the programs and developing it and um yeah that's sad but obviously for those who can take them you know congratulations and i'm sure it'll be disclosed soon enough who yeah. got what but it's a step <coughs> sorry it's a step in the right direction but not as big a step as we'd hoped i think because um, mm. it's obviously going to be big decisions for the women now and i was in the system you've been in the system as yeah. well Lindsay. i think 
because the sevens has done so well of such little money, it's yeah. given David Nusa for an argument in the sense that I played for the sevens for five years and the payments were, it was kind of four tiers. You could train for free. Yeah. You could train for eight grand, 12 grand or 18 grand. And only the top lads were on 18 grand. So only a handful of us. And we somehow managed as a group of lads to get to the Olympics, a World Cup and a World Series off that. So that now, or if you have this argument, like, sure, the lads did it. They were all working, training. Yeah. But like, the thing That's is... That's not a fair way of looking at it. But the honesty of it was, we all kind of moved back into our family homes, laid on our families, our parents. Families were under a lot of financial stress to keep us going, as yeah. you said. Feed us, try and get us to a level of world-class Olympic athletes. Mm. And we're all getting paid less than minimum wage. Like, And we just pulled it together. But now I think this... The lads are now being rewarded and the, and the sevens as are gone up. And I know there's some that have been offered 30K with mm -hmm. the match bonuses as well. So some sevens ads. I presume the sevens women are getting it as well. I'm going to, they were definitely in the pot of the 43. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you now who was offered what. And we'll obviously watch this space for that. But definitely the sevens were in the mix. Yeah. Being re, uh, their contracts being recalibrated. Everything was just recalibrated. So obviously fantastic. And... Like, how long were you in the programme? I was in there for f just over four years and never was I paid more than 18 grand. Do you look back? Because I look back, I look back at my career and I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. Lindsay, like, how did you keep all the balls in the air and actually perform? And I would love, that's the only side I look back at now and I say, what, how, where, what levels could I have reached with all that you know, oh, pressure, pressure off. taken off you. Yeah, 100%. if you weren't worried about rent and feeding yourself, yeah, like, yeah. And you were a kid you know. as well. Yeah. yeah. So to be, you know, part of, you know, so many other important areas of your life, and you have to, you know, be present in there. Like, you know, it was testament to to all my family and everyone who was involved in investing no more than yours. So a big shout out to the families who, who are helping athletes across the. Yeah, you know. 100 percent. Yeah, and like the funny thing is in perspective. 18 grand was like, uh, I was buzzing with that because yeah. I started my first, my career. So I played professional rugby in Ireland, professional in quotation marks now because it included my academy. And my first contract was three grand, yeah. then four grand, then six grand, then went to 12 and then to 18. And because I was like increasing, I was like, oh, this is yeah. great. But like in hindsight, I'm like, we were doing it for pittance. Like, yeah. And my parents got a lot of pressure on them and family yeah. got a lot of pressure on them. So it is a step in the right direction, but it's just, you got to kind of manage expectations now. If you're not going to pay these women enough money to leave their careers, you can't expect them to like, yeah. to be at the top class, world class level, go up against the likes of in England and New Zealand. Would I be right saying that? Yeah, and that's what you look at now. Uh, like, so maybe our older, more experienced. And again, this is open for correction because I don't know who got offered what. But like, if you're, if I'm thinking like, you know, if I was in that position having a career, like I wouldn't have been able to take one at 15. Uh, probably not any of them really because of how long I'm in my career. But if I'm back in my 20s, yeah, that's definitely a great you know, offer. Yeah, it's like an unreal part-time job. 100%. Like, yeah. So you can kind of, you can look at that, that, that states. But like, if we have a lot of our experienced players not being able to take contracts now and they're walking away, you know, yeah. we're talking about a World Cup in 2025. Yeah. We're yeah. really starting at a baseline now as regards experience and really, really young players, which is fine. And we give them that time. But like, we have to now put in such framework that we have to use every opportunity now in these next four years to blood, get experience, get test matches mm. and get them up to the level we need for our women to be qualifying for yeah. 2025. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So our experience walks away. And that's what I mean. Do you look back at your four years you were there and 18 grand is great, but do you look back and say, how did I do that? 
Mm. Oh, completely. <laughs> I'm, I like, look back, and all of us, like we bonded as a group of players. We were like, lads, how did we get to the top level in the sport and world yeah. off pittance? Like, yeah. and we were just, I think it's the bitterness just bonded us together. Yeah, he's <laughs> looked like he's gone great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's had a great culture. I think we have a factor in as well. Look, we're going through a cost of living crisis in the country at the moment. So when you're looking at that upper echelon of the, the kind of players at their peak in their 28, 29, 30 years of age, there's no way in hell are you going to walk out of it a semi, even a semi-decent job no. never mind a good job to go for 15, well, 20 grand thing, a year yeah. and then when, when the country is I mean even as a, even coming in as an 18 year old now on that money you'd be like move up to Dublin full time and try and survive yeah forget about it it's that's so tough like, and like inflation everything's just so crazy at the moment you're going to ask someone like there's probably nurses and everything inside mm-hmm. the extended women's squad you can't ask them to leave their career nurses, teachers yeah. accountants Walking away from proper, like professional yeah. jobs, with pensions and the whole lot, and yeah. security, and you have that security. I mean, what if you like something happens to you, you get a bad injury, or if your form drops and you're out there, shame. It's not really secure, is mm-hmm. it? Because at least when you're, if you're a nurse or a solicitor or a doctor, you get paid leave and you're out and you'll be back, and you don't have to worry about getting your place back in the team. No. You know what I mean? You're back in yeah. doing your job as soon as you're ready to do it again. Like you don't come back in uh, start prop like if you've been out for six months oh, 100%. to fight your way back into the squad and you might be dropped out of your contract a year later and you're finished mm-hmm. and, that's the end of it. and then you return to leave on top of that do you know grand with you a young squad not that that takes away their choice of if they want to have family and that's the, the what they're in but you also have then maybe if if women within that squad that's the option obviously they have like is a paid leave or anything like that so yeah, I think it's, I mean, we could be here all day, but I think the other bit is the culture. You know, we, we talk about culture and obviously you guys for the sevens, you know, starting from very little in a new programme in comparison to a very staunch, a country staunch on its 15s. Mm. Um, I think if you're like the girls will all be on the same money, the same training regime, but different tiers of money. Yeah. Now, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah. Do you know if I see someone or I feel as lazy or they're not working as hard as me and I'm breaking my ass, you know, on 15, they're on 30 and you're like, uh, here, listen, sweetheart, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. need to be earning your corn here. So I'm not sure how it'll impact overall. But look, it is a step in the right direction. Definitely. And I think, you know, long may continue. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's how we had it in the sevens. And that's the way it still is. It's still tiered. And in fairness to New Sephora, he was honest. He didn't sugarcoat it. He was nope. like, look, we're given the opportunity, these options to women. If they want to come in and take the contracts, they yep. can they can't, they can't. He was like, that's the way it is. They might fall behind if they don't take it. So you can respect his honesty, but it's, as you said, step in the right direction, but hopefully it, there's another one coming soon and, and to give uh, more contracts to these women. But anyways, to talk about this top 50, just to kind of round it all up with the yeah. other squad, who would be your guaranteed top five players you'd put in the squad? First name, first top five in the team sheet. Do you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'd say number one, Tyg Furlong. I put Furlong ahead of Sexton. I just I don't know. I just think he's the best tight head the game has ever seen, and he's just phenomenal. So is I'd that you saying that tight heads are more important than out hats? Yes. Yes. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think Tyg Furlong. So I take Tyg Furlong, Johnny Sexton. Then I would say Josh Vanderfleer, mm-hmm. um, Robbie Henshaw, and Hugo Keenan. That's nice. my voice. That's a good spine of a team there now. Yeah. Go on, Lindsay. Your top five on the team sheet straight away. Or just 50, whatever they did. I'd probably go for Furlong as well because I'm a front row and I know how important our tie head is. They're probably the, the highest paid contractors, you know. Um, I'll go with Josh van der Fleer. I'm going to go with Gary Ringrose. Nice. Um, oh, God. I'll have to put Johnny in there because, I mean, he's absolutely... We don't function really without him, which is the sad part. And... 
<laughs> so many good players. I know. So many good players. On the wing, on the wing. Will I give it to a winger? No. I'm going to give it to... TikTok. Oh, sorry. You're under pressure. <laughs> I know I am, am I? While you're thinking there, the other person I would throw into the mix is Tyburn. I think he's uh, one yeah, of the best yeah. players in the world. I'd take yeah. out one of the uh, centres. I think, even though I'm a back, I just think forwards are more important on the pitch. Yeah. They get that ball for you. Well, after his performance in that third yeah. test against New Zealand, you're just like, this guy has, his, his soul has left his body and he's playing <laughs> as two men on the pitch, essentially. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of form he had. Like, it was just like, oh. So I'd have Tyg Furlong, I'd have either Dan Sheen or Ronan Kelleher. Whoever's fit at the time. Dan Sheen's going to get you more tries anyway yeah. with the way he's playing the URC this year. I'd have Josh <laughs> Van Der Vleer, I'd have Johnny Sexton, I'd have Hugo Keenan. That's the spine of my team that I was going to nice. control. Everything else is just like put them in. Everyone else can play the ball. Like. Yeah. I'm going to just be controversial and throw in Caelan Doris. That's a good yeah, one, yeah. Doris yeah, yeah. is a good one, yeah. Doris, give you yeah. that one. Because I think he can play six or eight. I think he's, again, the likes of Byrne can play second row, back yeah. row. Our line out, our scrum, our breakdown. I think they're all essential to kind of the areas that we need to work, you know, and get turnovers. And we're good on turnovers. We're, you know, yeah. a team who thrive in broken play and open rugby. And, you know, we're thriving in the chaos. So. And speaking of back rows for this weekend up against South Africa, name your back three or back row first and then your back. Yeah, three. I'm going to go Van der Fleer. I'd go actually Pia Mahoney because I think he's he's back to his best. I think as a leader, we need him against South Africa. We need someone who's going to bring the game and not shy away. He's kind of that dad, fierce dad who kind of protects them. And I'm going to go with Doris. Nice. Back row. Oh, obviously, yeah. Brandon, if you're at seven, I'm definitely... Do you know what? It, it depends on what way you look at it in the second row. And like whether or not you're going to put Byrne in the second row. Because Byrne I'd has to Byrne. go in there somewhere. So... If you put Doris at seven and me... No, no which put Van der Fleer and put I'd Doris put at six. O'Mahony at six. O'Mahony at six, sorry, yeah. Van der Fleer at seven. Caitlin, Doris at eight. And I'd oh, put nice. uh, Byrne at four. Nice. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I find it very tough. Um, I would... Obviously, have Van der Fleer and said there. I don't know what kind of fitness O'Mahony's at. I'd be a toss-up between O'Mahony and having Byrne in there. And mm -hmm. then I'd have that Doris at eight. Nice. I don't think uh, Jack Conan is playing his best rugby at the moment. No, he's, he's quiet. There. He's been kind of in and out yeah. of the squad, so... You want someone who's firing at the moment, but yeah, he's finding form again. Yeah. But I'd he? have Coombs yeah. on the bench now, coming in for an eight and just really finishing them off. It's tough, tough. But I, I think, I think you have to have Mahoney and Byrne against yeah. Australia for a line out and for a breakdown prowess, hundred percent, just to get in and like you can't match them physically, but Byrne can match them by getting in and stealing that ball, yeah. and Mahoney can match him in the line out because he can jump fifty five feet into the air. It's just you have to be clever, and like that's that's a clever way of beating us, of beating instead of just going let's put our biggest pack up against them because you're just going to lose all day when you do that. Yeah, It'd I'd have broken. Byrne in the second row anyway just to free up back row to bring on another beast like so, yeah. so many options mm. just have all the dynamic players around the pitch. Johnny's obviously our starting 10 but who would be your backup 10? I'd put, well, Frawley will probably play Friday night so I'm not sure because I know like Carby's out again isn't he injured? He no, is. he's back in he's, he's going to pass fitness okay, test yeah. sorry yeah he, he is in squad I obviously read that and he's going to have a late fitness I don't know I'd love to see Frawley down the line but I'd, you know I don't want I think Carby's better nearly as a fullback I've seen him I don't I don't think he's long term for me he's just had too much time and he's not really shown at 10 but again another question but to the very honest David News for like you know mm. They've, they've taken Johnny just very slow kind of, I suppose, blocks, haven't they, about his future. And, you know, he is getting better with time, you know. So 
we need lads in there getting time, but probably Frawley they're looking at as the long term. But yeah, he was actually um, posed that question in the press briefing as well. News four being like, "What's the story with tens? Mm. Johnny can't last forever." And they they said, Did you, "Have you asked Johnny if he's going to stay on for another year after the World Cup?" And it's all undecided. They're leaving Johnny do whatever he wants to do. He's definitely going to be around for the World Cup, uh, injury pending, obviously. And then News four was saying he's really happy with where the tens are in Ireland, coming up behind him. He said someone needs to do. Do, needs to put their hand up in fairness but he said it's not a problem and they're, and they're all happy out like so we're hoping someone over the next couple of months will put their hand up I personally think it will be Frawley mm. um, do you think so? But we'll see. Oh, I think I think Crowley's a person to keep an eye on over the next in the, yeah. in the sh longer -ish term in the next two years I think if he keeps going at the level he's going for the next couple of years and if he do you know a lot of these guys burst onto the scene and they're class yeah. and they're like oh he, he can go he can take that next step if he's capable of taking that next step He's a guy that could be there in two years' time. Yeah. So he's a guy out of anyone I keep an eye. I think I would keep an eye on him more, more so than I keep an eye on someone like Harry Byrne. Not not just saying that from a monster perspective. No, I think you're right. I don't think he's they've shown enough really. <coughs> you know the Burns. You know they're they're definitely solid, but. Um, I think Crowley is a really good option. I think if he can get more game time and continue his confidence, and as I said, he had another. Um, I think he just had one miss obviously the weekend, which would have obviously had a reflection on a the scoreline and probably would have got Munster the win yeah. they needed but um, certainly I think yeah we have options there but we need someone to consistently and it'd be nice for Johnny to be under pressure even though as I said he's performing uh, but I think we can all kind of sigh of uh, have a sigh of relief if you know someone stood up in that 10 because at the minute I'm like who's going to step into your shoes dude exactly yeah and speaking of Crowley and Munster mm -hmm. um, Munster and Ulster obviously played the weekend in Tolman Park Ulster came down and they won 15-14. Crowley unfortunately missed that kick at the end. He yeah. probably would have been all over the headlines today if he yeah. got it, but he had a great game nonetheless. Um, I presume you saw the game. Did you see it, Jason? Were you, were you there at it? No, I wasn't. No, I watched it as I was trying to cover the rest of the ORC as well, but uh, very much a game of two halves. Uh, first half, very poor. Lots of individual errors. To be honest, I thought Ulster should have been further ahead. They would have been only for that try that was disallowed over that slight knock-on by Doak. Um, Fekitoa, very lucky not to see red. I think from, if you look at it, maybe up from out of the four or the five angles, the red card, there's one angle there. I think the referee was looking to give him the benefit of the doubt and it was on his side and go, really don't want to send you off. More so, he's trying, he's trying to find a reason to bring it down to yellow mm -hmm. and I think he tried his hardest and found the slightest reason to bring it down. What are we saying? I oh, didn't actually catch it live, but didn't Frank Murphy ask to play it at real speed? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He went back and asked him to play it at real speed, but... Even when you look at it at real speed, it's still his shoulder connects into his chin. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's bad. It's high force. It's high danger. It's a needless tackle. And to me, it was a red card. And I, I was like, yeah, red card straight away. But second half, it's like very impressed and almost proud of the younger team, the, the young lads to come out and play the way they play because they very nearly won that game. Mm -hmm. And they were a different side and a lot of the younger guys stepped up. And look, as I said, I said it on week one and some people might give out and say, I was like, don't expect much from Munster this year. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I don't mean they're useless. Don't bother watching them. What I'm saying is, this is very much a very young team. As I said, we're 30 guys missing. There's guys being drafted in from the academy, left, right and centre. Evan O'Connell coming in there, Paul O'Connell's nephew. Mm -hmm. He's six foot seven, I believe he is. Another big lad, 18 <laughs> years of age. Uh, you know he's at O'Connell anyway. But like, there's guys being brought in left, right and centre. They're performing. It's going to take time. They're not going to win anything this year. They're going to just really hope that they can qualify for the Champions Cup. But it's good to see these guys coming through. And as I said, look, I know we brought in three short-term signings. 
One of them is John Ryan. I wouldn't really call it. John Ryan's back where he should have been in the first place. Should never have been let go. Two other guys were brought in, Ollie Morris and Kieran McDonald, because we're absolutely torn apart with injuries yeah. and Irish players and stuff. But yeah, I was saying that yeah. um, we're just shy of thirty players unavailable for months. Like thirty, that's nearly a full squad. Like so to go that close to beating Ulster if the kick goes over we beat them with a team of cad- academy players Yeah. with a young fella Evan O'Connell you said uh, Paul O'Connell's nephew playing four uncapped players were in the match day squad I actually think Munster are in an okay place it's just mathematically points have put them at 14 now on the table yeah. Yeah. but they're actually not in a bad place I was chatting to David Kilcoyne over the weekend and he's saying within the squad they're all actually pretty positive all these young fellas are getting game time and they're not expecting to win the URC at this time but their no. performances are going to come when all these players come back and we saw one of them come back on the weekend Simon Zebo came off the bench and had a great couple of minutes yeah he did incredible he? impact lovely little pass like, I mean he ran that line he drew him out and it was just a lovely little pop over I, I know Shane Daly nearly dropped this <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like yes <laughs> Zebo whipped it at him over the top like he did but, it, yeah. it, but yeah. it was lovely I mean it's look that's the kind of X factor someone like Simon Zebo brings yeah. and especially like a younger team to come in he's going to settle guys he's going to he can do things like that that's why we always yeah. loved him that's why he's always been such an entertaining player he, he does these little flashes of brilliance yeah but the big thing for like Simon Zebo I don't know him personally but you know what I've read about him and obviously what, what I look see on his you know, social media and how what a good guy is. Like he's serious about his rugby, but he's very positive. So I think even to have that personality in with those young guys, you know, getting those first starts, he'll just bring that bit of calm. And like to be honest, in the first half it was naivety. Do you not think like I mean they gave they didn't um for one of the line out uh, mall tries for uh, Tom Stewart's try they didn't challenge in the line out and I thought you they know, didn't challenge for most of the game for the line out so I think they were kind of were they afraid of like Ulster's mall is pretty impressive and they just kind of stood off and they were like as you, is it naivety is it kind of like giving, giving Ulster too much respect well I thought it was a combination of both because like Egg Dogbo was there and I'm like you're a big man get in and take away the two lifters. Like, like you know, I lift in the line out. The last thing you want is some absolute train coming at you to break that link. And then you can sack your jumper. Like, I was like, do something. You're either challenging in the line out or you're staying down and you're smashing them. Yeah. And you have to divide them. But I was like, you're after letting them, um, you know, form their mall. And you're not stopping that. Like, yeah. You're not stopping that. And I think like, you, like, you've two who's calling the line out then as well. Like you've, got, you've got two young guys in there and a dog one hurt. I think Jack, I don't know who's calling the line out. So I'm not sure. So you have an issue there. That was something that was brought up at the start of the game. It's like, who's calling the line notes? Yeah. It's but a big uh, issue. Your coaching staff, who's doing the review on on Ulster and where they, who their jumpers are, where yeah. they, you know what I mean? So that's kind of, you know, the coaching staff need to probably take more responsibility and have just a basic game plan and let the lads build in. But like, once they got that kind of fixed and, you know, the second half came along, I think nerves went out the window and they kind of settled. And it's those moments that they learn, they're harsh learnings, mm. but they're learnings as forwards that you just won't let happen again. And it's nice. It's not, it's not nice reviewing, yeah. but it's really, really good learnings. And I agree with you. I think, grand 30 players out uh, not ideal not ideal you know we're talking about the positivities of you know a good few Munster guys in the Ireland day but that's you know has an impact now on a Munster team struggling to get wins and consistency together but the other bit is the hand is forced to flood the new guys yeah. and get them playing let's not take away from Ulster as well like from an Ulster perspective like Ulster played well I mean like shout out to Marty Moore playing the full 80 minutes he's in the A squad there's a guy who I think could be an important part of the jigsaw for us going forward I think I know you've got Andrew Porter who can slide in a tight head but like realistically if you want him you want him starting and you want Furlong you want him starting loose you want Furlong a tight head right you don't want to have to switch Keane Ely or someone in there he is a proper out now tight head 
right? I know John Ryan is back now, but Finley Beelham, I think a, a fit and form Marty Moore is better than Finley Beelham. I think when he left for Wasp all those years ago, I was very surprised because there was a time, it was before Furlong and I'm wrong, we were like, this is our saviour, this yeah, is our yeah, next yeah. big tight head. And he's a class guy who just, his career didn't quite pan out the way it should have panned out. But he, he's a really good player. He is, a and really he's a ball good player. player. And we're talking about backup tens, and like we we actually don't have a backup tie head consistently. Not really, no, because yeah, you've got <laughs> Finney Beelams in there, like and kind of in and out, and John well, Ryan was in and out player. for a while. Not really, no. Like I mean, I I personally like I'd love to see Marty Moore fit and playing well and have him as our backup for the World Cup. I prefer Marty Moore to come off. I think he's a better scrummager. Yep. He's better around the pitch when he's but like Marty Moore has had a kind of so so a couple of seasons, but he's starting to find his form again and get back yep. to the level we know he can reach. Um, I thought it was great to see James Hume getting a, a, on the score sheet um, nice try as well nice try he's in the A squad as well there's a guy probably got injured at the worst possible time because I think he probably would have been in the actual main squad had he not been injured for the last while yeah. um, he's unfortunate to miss out in that uh, top yeah, squad yeah it's because like. he's just yeah. coming back in unfortunately yeah. he only came back in last week wasn't it that was yeah. his first game he's back he's injured for a couple of weeks like, so yeah. that's a good thing I think Luke Marshall's playing some great rugby this year as well mm. there's a guy I think we should keep an eye on as well I know there's a lot of depth in that in the in the centre at the moment, uh, Doak is still playing really well. Jordy Murphy got drafted in the last minute, had a great game. Yeah, he got a uh, he score sheet. Even, yeah, he wasn't even supposed to be starting. He got came in and he got he got the first try, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He got yeah. a good so, try. And Tom Stewart also got a try. And yeah. Dwayne Vermeulen was playing and stuff. So also were fairly stacked. And for a team of young fellas playing from Munster to go one point in in a defeat, it's not, yeah, it's not bad. And we all not. Not only was it young fellas, we had three short-term signings now um, into the Munster squad. One of them being John Ryan, who played on the mm. weekend, who came from Wasps, who are actually now officially relegated. Am I right in saying that? Mm. Wasps are officially. But they're relegated or just suspended? I know they're suspended from the they're suspended for the league for the rest of the year. I'm not sure if they're relegated. I could be. Yeah, no, that's it. They're definitely gone down to the championship. Hundred percent championship. Yeah. Oh, so they're both gone. Up, which is very sad for just okay. rugby as a whole. Like, yeah. Which is a lesson, I suppose, to all clubs out there. Don't let your finances get out of out of control, or you'll be gone. And um, we got Ollie Morris from Worcester, and we got Locke here on McDonald, as you said. Yeah. Who was with Glasgow and Wasps. So, what do you think of these signings coming in? Are they they're obviously needed in Munster. They're needed. Uh, I think that you know, there's n we'll just have to see how they go. I mean, they're they're lads who, obviously, John Ryan is nice to have him back, not under the circumstances. Should never have left in the first place. Like, no. Hopefully, he's gonna get rewarded with a contract at the end of the year, like because yeah, said he's a nice guy. He just bought a house in Limerick before he got called into the office in January and told he would been released. And as I as I said in this show time and time again, I think he's a far superior uh, tight end prop, Stephen Archer. I really do like, and I'm not You've just saying that. You've never said that before. Yeah, I just think he's. I mean, you know, John, John Ryan was our was our backup uh, tight end in the Irish squad for, for how many so years? Long. Like for yeah. so long, he's a great player. He's only, is he 31? Is all he is? He is he's classic. That's young yeah. for a bloody yeah, for a prop. So I, I think that was probably my Pallyohan's decision more than anything. I think so. Uh, it was. It was just strange to see him go in the first place. And exactly. I think yeah. The other two guys are very much just stop gaps. I think uh, it, it's probably good that they're relatively unknown names. We're not going to bring in like superstars in. They're relatively unknown names and are just there to fill a gap while we've got injuries. Exactly, in yeah. It's good to pull these fellas in, like, you know, as, as we have so many injuries and hopefully our, our top lads will come back in towards the end of the season. But what do you think we'll see from Munster for the rest of the season? What would be the game plan? Obviously, Champions Cup is probably a bit like precarious at the moment for them. What do you think? I think uh, I'd concentrate on continue to blood the young lads in even when you maybe get injuries back just continue to blood them but obviously Champions Cup was where you need your experienced players back and probably keeping them 
safe and sound for that and really give that, you know, competition a rattle because I think that'll be, they just need to stay in that financially and just for, it's too mm. big a club yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, not be involved. Yeah. So, um, what do you think, Jason? Hopes for Munster for Christmas. Th- that has to be the minimum goal. I think when it, when it comes to the actual competing in the Champions Cup itself this year, I think that will take care of itself. I think there's something about Munster. It's always been the way when we play in Europe, home or away, when we have our squad there, they always show up and they will give themselves a good account of themselves, they'll probably end up getting to a last 16 or a quarter final. It's just in their DNA. Yeah. And it's just, it just is, even when, we never, even when we don't, we're not playing well, we, we do well in the Champions Cup. It's just Munster, Munster and the fans and all the cities in the province just kind of come together as one for the Champions yeah. Cup. Not worried about that, but I am worried about, I want to keep these young guys playing and I want to, to look towards the future. And I do think this is very much a transitionary period and we're very unfortunate with injuries, but we really have to make sure that these little games where it's only a point or two, you've got to t- flip a few of those results along the way because if Munster don't make Champions Cup, I, I, I remember the last time we got, we remember the, before there was a time where if you finished a certain amount in a certain group, you dropped down to us and we dropped down to, the, it was called the Amnon Challenge Cup then and we dropped down and played mm-hmm. Harlequins. Remember Harlequins hammered us in the quarterfinal or semi-semi-final in Tomah Park. But it was so strange like watching a chance and just no disrespect to the Challenge Cup but as Munster to tune in and watch Munster playing in the Challenge Cup yeah Munster just, is supposed to be in the top one all the if time we're in the Challenge Cup, Cup next yeah, year yeah. it's just ooh it's I not think, good I'm hoping that, that this will be clipped now in a couple of months and we'll look back in it but I'm saying <laughs> I think something's going to happen all these guys will come back from Munster all the lads have been injured mm-hmm. and Munster will end up like getting to a semi-final or final of a Champions Cup maybe even like winning the things all these young fellas <laughs> We'll be sitting on the bench <laughs> with game time behind their belt and the top fellas will be playing and obviously URC is probably falling down a bit on for the Munster but Championship Cup is still there so you never know. Yeah. Watch my words. Yeah. I want Cup. this to happen for you because <laughs> you, like, your, your level of happiness has just gone through the roof here. <laughs> your little smiley gorgeous <laughs> face. Come on I'm Munster. Optimistic. I'm optimistic. It's, it's like, sure, look at like Liverpool in the soccer, you know, I mean. Don't talk to they're me. Not, 2-1 they're against abs- Leeds. But no, but they're shocking in Premier League tomorrow but like, Something about the Champions League for them, and when they play Champions League, they're a different team. Exactly. Munster are like that in Europe. It's a different mindset when Munster in the Champions yeah. Cup. So mark my words, I said it. It's out there. Um, Some teams are made for Europe. <laughs> Europe and drama days. Europe, yeah. But anyway, another team, um, Irish team that we want to talk about is Connacht. They had another good win on the weekend. But before we get into that, um, also Leinster got a win on the weekend. Our very own producer Pat was over in La Rochelle for Rugby Joe's a season with series, and he caught up with Alton Delan, who plays with La Rochelle over there, and obviously previously Ireland. So let's check that out. The last time me and you spoke with each other, I think uh, we've done a few things for Ireland and stuff like that as well, but like uh, over in Galway and stuff. And what kind of made your mind up you were going to kind of take the trip over here? Yeah, um, well, I suppose it was, uh, my mum mentioned it to me in, it was a few years ago. She just she mentioned how she also would have loved to have seen me to see me go to France at some stage in my career, and it was just kind of. I suppose it was just a mix of things. I thought, uh, first of all, not everyone gets an opportunity to come here, so if you if you get a chance, it's worth considering. And I think I'd uh, I'd achieved a lot in Ireland. I know I, I still want to achieve more, obviously, but uh, but it's not a perfect world, and just the the fact that. The opportunity came with such a good squad, such a good coaching setup, and uh, and my family were all behind. It. I was kind of like, oh well, you know, I've, I've done a lot for Connacht. Connacht 
is was isn't in good place. Uh, so I was like, you know, why why not? Why not? Why not? Why not go? Why not take the chance? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't. It's it hasn't disappointed so far anyway. And how are you kind of settling in? Like, and who's been good for helping you get settled in? And, and you know, in, in these early few weeks. Yeah. Well, having the two Irish. Two Irish coaches, two Irish lads that I've met before in, in coaches uh, is is a nice kind of uh, doesn't make it as so much of a culture shock, you know. So uh, so they've they've been great in that regard. But uh, but also like there's other player out of other friends that play here in France now as well. So we kind of we have a little WhatsApp group, <laughs> just messaging each other, wishing wishing each other good luck in, in games, and uh, we've we've got plans to go visit each other tr throughout the year. But um, but then also then they're the meeting, meeting the my new teammates very a sound bunch of lads no no egos or anything about anyone here so uh it's quite it's 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 pretty cool and then the game yeah the town itself like you know like i think i was even seeing you guys did a bit of a pre-season hike and stuff like that and, and kind of to yeah. get to kind of experience a bit more of the area but like how are you kind of settling into the town and are people coming up talking to you? Did it like they know you're a rugby player, that type of stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, it, <laughs> it's a bit mad over here. They're everyone's so passionate about it. Uh, even like the, the stat about the the grounds, how they've been sold out for something like over seventy games in a row. So it's it's uh, it's it's pretty cool atmosphere here. But uh, but everyone's real sound and humble about it as well. There's not you're not getting you're not getting harassed or anything. You know about about town, and it's a, it's a real chilled. Kind of vibe around the place, so it's been, yeah, it's been it's been a really really cool experience so far. And then for yourself, like like was there kind of um, like I was kind of even thinking, with Ireland, do you kind of know in a way that like, um, you know, Johnny was almost like the exception to the rule, but do you kind of know in a way that like you might have to sacrifice that in a way to kind of come over here, or is it just a matter of like even yeah, home, it was almost like, was it like a promise you made? I'm gonna come over and give this a crack for a couple of years, like. No, I think with with well, with. Um, the pull to go to France eventually was kind of like it was another one of my kind of rugby goals and dreams and all that, you know. But uh, but no, I suppose on the on the Ireland front, yeah, you kind of you know that almost immediately when you decide to go that that's it. You're cutting ties with with uh, with with that other with uh, with Ireland, you know. So uh, it's it's a it's a tough one to do, but uh, but it's it's what you have to do, I suppose, if you decide to go. So it's it's not an easy not an easy thing to do, but you at least. It's not. It's not like you're not talking to any of the coaches or anything before. There's plenty of, there's plenty of communication. You get to chat to, your, to, to the coaches and all that. And I suppose, hopefully, they they're understanding about it. And, and like, what was the kind of talk like in, in pre-season as well? Because like you've you've come to a side that like got to two finals the previous season, uh, you know, got to the, the semis, let's say, like, in the top fourteen, and then won Europe as well. Like, so it's like there's big expectations there as well. But then is there that kind of talk of like? Respect everyone, fear no one as well. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. I suppose it's a, it's a case that uh, we, we, yes, we have achieved, they have achieved good things. We've achieved good things here, but uh, but um, it restarts at it restarts at zero now, and in the top in the top fourteen, uh, every club are going to be have a a target on our backs. So it's not like. Uh, there's no point in staying in the in the glories of last season. It's a, it, it's a complete reset, except nearly a tougher one because every team's looking to outdo outdo you. Especially they know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a famed ground at home. So they're trying to you know they're trying to undo us at home uh, almost every time. So uh, it's, it's it's a big challenge, but uh, but one 
a very enjoyable one. Yeah, I know you've started yeah. the season really well now, but um, I was kind of thinking about like uh, you know you know you had those talks at that decision to make. How big of a factor was like Raj then and kind of making that decision to come over? Like, do, do you remember having chats with him about you know before the move was made and the decision the decision was made? Um, yeah, no, I did. I, I had a few conversations with him. I it was more the. I suppose the the biggest pull for me was that I would still have had an Irish kind of coaching influence here, and it wouldn't be as much of a as much of a change. Um, I don't know that in that sense. But does that put a le- was there a thought that it put a bit less pressure on me, knowing what what I'd come from? And uh, but uh, it was just I I just really looked looked forward to having Irish coaches to go from one Irish coaching setup to nearly another. I didn't want to change it too much. Um, but it was also knowing I'd be going to under Donica Ryan's wing, sorry, from having played with him, and mm. you know, so at least I had a friend in him, and and I was looking, I wanted to learn from him as well through coming here. So it was, um, yeah. So there were two kind of things that, that really interested me in coming here. I saw, I think Roger's sharing the video as well, the Barry's tea, kind of the, the, the yeah, care package you got that, from home. That was phenomenal. <laughs> no one, uh, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> That's the stuff that really warms the heart now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Great stuff. Great stuff. That, that show actually is on Rugby Joe, so Pat was lucky enough to go over to Bristol and La Rochelle this year. So we've got a season with Bristol Bears and a season with La Rochelle. You'll find it on Rugby Joe's Instagram and Rugby Joe's TikTok. Really interesting series. And yeah. there'll be plenty more of it to come. Looking Excellent. forward to watching them. Thanks very much, Pat, for doing that. My pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as we're talking just before, we watched that Connacht got a w- good win away to Ospreys at Liber- Liberty Stadium, 22-19. They actually had a poor start. I think they went two tries down straight away. Yep. And then they came back through Alex Wooten, Caelan Blade and John Port got tries. What did you make of the match, Lindsay? Yeah, well, what a comeback away from home. Uh, that's... Two consecutive wins on the trot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought uh, Alex Wooden's break and Caelan Blade very smart, just base the scrum and finish off a really, really nice break. Um, actually, David uh, Hawkshaw was good as well. Again, he yeah, played in the good. centre this week, so they're having a nice partnership. He was very physical, more physical than I thought. Yeah. First, a kind of small guy for, yeah. in terms of a centre, yeah. He's, well, I always and he's had him smart. as skillful, like, but he's also now physical. So. Physical, yeah. Build up the blades, Troy, like you just kind of... He could have panicked and could have went for when it popped left and right, mm. but he just goes, I'm taking this hit and I'm taking this yeah, contact. Yeah, he did. He recycled the ball and he took a big hit, but he flattened your man. Yeah, he flattened him. It was impressive. And then, mm. yeah, Blade just yeah, smart, his little dummy and, and finished it off. So I thought, you know, we, we talk about Connacht and consistency and then uh, Carty skip pass uh, for the... He's doing that all season. Ah, he keeps doing it. Like unbelievable. He's such, there's a guy we, we don't mention enough and I know, I know he's had his chance in the Ireland team, but he's very much in the Finn Russell mould kind of maverick out half yes, so maybe that's why he's not in the Ireland squad I don't think maybe he fits the bill I think that's not the kind of style of rugby that Irish rugby plays and what Farrell wants to play so maybe that's why he's not there but mm. what a what a, what a what baller a off his left <laughs> hand baller, like. which I would think is his weaker hand if I'm not mistaken and he just absolutely whips it and again at that speed with under such pressure to whip it and not put it as a forward pass or mm. Uh, like outshoot your its intended target. I just thought it was impressive. So I think they're just building a bit of confidence. And again, John Porsche was on the try on the, the score sheet again and great again. Season. He's having a great season. Mm. And I'm like, no. you know, Andy Farrell saying, "Oh, Australia should have another look at him." And I'm like, Shh, you know, we only have to wait to 2024, <laughs> and he could be in an Ireland jersey. Not that we don't, you know, we want to promote over, but not a good player. 
you know, when, when guys fit your mould and they're good guys and are, are central to not only a province, what could they bring to, to international level? So I just think, yeah, uh, congratulations, Connacht. It was lovely yeah. to see a bit of consistency for them. Well, as you mentioned there, John Porch is eligible to switch allegiances to Ireland in 2024 and Andy Friend needs to shut his mouth and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stop trying to send him back to the Wallabies. Yeah, I'm like, shh. We're happy to have him here. Do yeah. a bit of a Mac Hansen job. Yeah. As long as you're Irish qualified, we're happy to have you. Listen, yeah. if you're a good guy, come on the show. We'll yeah. test you yeah. out and we'll give you the, you know, seal of approval. Oh, yeah. John Porch is one of the best players in the URC at the moment. Like he He's is. definitely a putting his hand yeah. up um, if he does want to switch allegiances uh, Jack Harty as you said had a great game again he's just having consistently good games he, had, he actually scored a drop goal in that game yes yeah. to, give, back on. to give Connacht a bit of a, a cushion I think the key thing to look at there is the fact that Connacht this season they're winning these little tight games that are tough games that they would have lost last year mm-hmm. we kept saying that about Connacht kind of going Connacht play really good rugby they're just not consistent and they're losing games they should be winning now they're starting to win games that they shouldn't be, that yeah. should be losing. So like, you know, you go 12 minutes down after eight minutes against the Ospreys over in, uh, over in Swansea. So, and then to come back like, and to, you know, you only won the game by three points in the end and Ospreys had lots of chances and they were really fighting, defending for their lives in that last 10 minutes. Yeah. But they grinded out to win. And they did the same thing against Munster as well. And they're getting those wins they would normally have not kept. And, and it's great to see. Do you know, like the likes of Aki, do you know, we would have again said, oh God, you know, he's on, you know, whatever, eight, eight match band, wasn't he? Yeah. And he's not there. And I'm like, oh God. There's no Irish guys. There's no Hanson in there. No one in there. No there's a no. lot of guys missing, but like, Connacht have got a nice, little, tasty little squad there. There's yeah, nice there now because they made some clever little cute signings over the summer. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so. good. Yeah, Hawkshaw played well at 12. Wooden was back. I think Tom Farrell played as well, didn't he, in the centre? He played really well. Um, I mean, a lovely break. He's looking fast. So, as you said, guys, Connacht. I've built a nice squad for them over on the West there. They have yeah. their new pitch, they have their new squad. Yeah. So they push themselves um, into 12th. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't really give the whole picture because they're actually only two points off 7th. Yeah. Which is um, Glasgow. Which is it? Glasgow. Yeah. I think they're definitely going to push on. 100%. So they're doing well, yeah. Unfortunately, they're they're rearranging the pecking order in Munster. So the Munster lost the them doesn't look as grim, lads, does it now? No, no it, doesn't. Good it doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually came quite close to Leinster as well. They were only 10 points. Um, I know there was 10 nil against Leinster a few weeks ago, but still within 10 they're points. They're an actually infuriating team. Like they're like our Achilles heel with Leinster. Like they attacked our line out. They were solid in the scrum, mm. you know. Um, it was just, yeah, they're infuriating. I'm sure what, 75th minute it took Josh Vanderfeer for yeah. a break and then we finally finished it off. But, I mean. Yeah. No, they're going to have a good season. Connacht are doing well. Keep yeah. it up, guys. Um, And you just mentioned Leinster, Lindsay. They won 35-5 away to Scarlets. They gave Scarlets a good beating. Um, did you catch it? Yes. Uh, Scarlets were poor. I mean, they had, again, their ill-discipline was terrible. Like, they had two yellow cards last week against Connacht. In order to, I thought they had three now, to be honest, but they had two penalty tries to give away and now the new ruling is with penalty tries with automatic yellow cards so they were yeah. down to at one stage 13 men wow. and I mean you just whatever team Lancer about I mean you just you're not really <laughs> giving yourself a chance are you uh, with two players down so Lancer just went about their business it was, it was a tough place to go away from home but uh, a good win 35 uh, 35 yeah Troy after 36 seconds another guy coming out of nowhere that there's a Chris, Chris Cosgrave like I mean there just seem to be it's just a, an endless line of yeah. talent just being rolled out that was a lovely if you saw that Troy and um, we'll probably put it in in post beautiful backline move it was so just straight off the train in paddock and his pace then to finish oh he was a lovely Troy it was just yeah. a simple it was just a simple you look it's like it's like they were doing a a, a run off before the game and they were still they were still in training mode like, yeah. but and Scarlets were asleep 
Yeah, Chris Cosgrove is a good guy. Or Chris Cosgrave, sorry. He was in the seven squad for a while. Right. Really agile, not familiar, really yeah. fast. Yeah, he's only a young fella coming, coming out of the Leinster schools as well. This conveyor belt of Leinster players coming through. <laughs> so he's just another guy coming. Um, and Rob Russell had another good game. He scored a try as well, I think, Rob Russell yeah, did, didn't he? Yeah, another guy who's playing well this season who's come out of really nowhere. Again, just another... That's two tries. Another uh, talent. Two and two, isn't it? Two tries yeah. in two yeah. games. Yeah, so he's playing really well. And these are just guys that are like unbelievable and they're they're nowhere near the Irish club but like if it wasn't in Ireland they'd probably be playing for their country like right, we're so. talking about 50 top players like and now like <laughs> as we're going through the round we're like oh Jesus now he could be one to watch you know yeah. what I mean so it's gas and another guy who's put his hand up for international duty is Jason Jenkins what do you make of that I think it's hilarious I'm sorry I just think the whole thing, the whole thing is hilarious because <laughs> so once they brought him in uh, short term sign if everyone if I don't know if anyone in Instagram anyone is familiar with the Jenkins story so our pal Johan brought him in to Munster last year the short term signing he wasn't great let's be honest he wasn't no. great and when Munster, when Leinster signed him then it was a bit of a surprise kind of what do you want him for and you're like hold on a second you know he kind of fits that mould of a, a tight head second row that will fill in for those those windows where he's needed to to play games for Leinster mm. and he was like nowhere near the South Africa squad but he comes in and he plays a blinder for Leinster in the first few rounds and I said he can call it the Springbok squad you couldn't write it it's just hilarious the whole thing but I wish him the best but yeah. I, I don't think Leinster would be very happy with it and I remember someone saying this during the week and to me I think I wouldn't put it past him because he's a cute little I won't mention the word it's Erasmus <laughs> He's bringing someone like Jenkins in, in there, like, and I think he's bringing him in, and he knows damn well what he's doing because there's a guy now who's involved in the number one setup in Ireland at the moment, where all our main players are coming from, and he's like, what are you oh, doing you for the next think? four weeks? Mm. Come on up here, pick your You're brain, South African, yeah. aren't you? And he'll pick his brain and he'll find out stuff off him. And he's also going to be straight in now when he get called up, and he's going to be there like right before the, the South Africa game, and and he's already been with Munster, and Brassy is. I think that's why what, what makes him the best director of rugby in the world. He's really cute. Not just his coaching, yeah. it's what he does on and off the pitch. And you'll see that in his documentaries. There's actually a Rassy documentary coming out soon. Cannot wait for that. <laughs> that is going to be gold. Absolutely incredible. Like based on how good Chasing the Sun was, based on how good he was in the the Lions documentary as well. And just wow, just following my Twitter for a day. So I was yeah. just going to ask, do you think that'll be... There's uh, going to be so much in it, I just can't Jenkins wait. filling out the Google Docs of questions oh, about Ireland 100%. Beyond, I mean, on his Twitter. Rassi Erasmus knows what he's doing, he's no fool. He yeah, no fool. he's a good guy, he knows how to get the job done. Um, so Leinster obviously got that win, they're seven point clear at the top now, Ulster being in second place, chasing them down, heading into this test window, but I can't see Leinster being caught at all. And the rest of the URC, Glasgow um, hammered Treviso 37-0 with six tries. Poor Bennett and Treviso. Um, good win for Glasgow. There was a couple of really good tries in that. Um, there was Villiano's try. Sorry, Villiano's try in the for the, the number eight, the new Tonga guy who came in. He was he a dummy pass and he like ran the length of the pitch. And the Argentinian Cancellieri scored, scored two absolute crackers in that game. So yeah. that was actually a really good game. And it was a great catch. And Rufus McLean had a funny try uh, this weekend as well. Ball went through his legs. I thought he, he thought he messed it up, but he actually got the try. Um, I presume we'll put it in there. The video is very good. The Stormers are up to fourth after a 31-22 victory. Um, who else played? That's a crack. That was a cracking game. It Not only for the commentary, game. but the rugby was good. Yeah, and no. was, that was a really, really, really good very game. physical game. Lions kind of went... They were 21 10 up at one stage, yeah. With and 10 minutes Stormers, to go, yeah. Stormers came back at this. Um, Blumentis, I don't know if I pronounce his name right, the South African fans will help me. Clayton Blumentins, 
scored. His line is one of the few. We'll, I'm sure we put this in, in post back because it's such a good try. That's the kind of try that got him back yeah. into it within was 60 something minutes on the clock. Yeah. And like, nobody's the line is so good, he's off camera, you can't even see him on the screen. Yeah. And you're just kind of, you're seeing a couple of phases now, suddenly you see, <laughs> and he's just carves like, literally, like, 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 like a knife to a butter. Yeah. And uh, that, that was, yeah, that was a good game. Like, there was another big incident in that game uh, early on in the first half. Um, Duplessis, uh, <laughs> there's a, a quick penalty from the Stormers and Duplessis comes in with this absolutely like like uh, pre, pre-professional pre rugby 1997 kind of 1996 kind of shoulder into touch and he absolutely levels him and gets away with just a penalty mm. don't know how he got away with that it was absolutely like it's like he was playing a WWE match or something you're like you can't do that in professional rugby anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Africans are definitely entertaining us uh, it was a great game obviously Stormers uh, up to fort now with that victory other games on the weekend were Dragons won again actually mm-hmm. for play to the Dragons they're up to 10th in the table they smoked Zebra 47-7 um, the Bulls beat the Sharks 40-27 another South African derby there um, Marcel Garcia making up um, for his Springboks disappointment not getting selected Mad Garcia is not yeah. in there sorry that's uh, that's the game I'm thinking of sorry excuse me my South Africans will kill me I was actually talking about the Bulls and the Sharks game. Okay. So it was the Sharks game was with the Duplessis, uh, with the Duplessis incident that was on Sunday. Yeah. So what's so much rugby? I know, right. you're like... So that was a match on Sunday. Right. I remember that match. <laughs> and then on the Stormers in was on uh, Saturday. But uh, no, that was that was another crack of my game. Was like, that it was, was like, it was yeah. really good. And Kutsia, he's gone off to Japan after this game. So that was kind of his swan song, kind of a send-off. He's only gone on temporary contract over to, oh, what are they called? It's the Steelers. Kobe Steelers, I think, or something that he's going over to. Yeah, he's having a great... It was his fourth try this season, actually. So, um, best luck over in Japan, Marcel. And finally, Edinburgh opened up a gap at fifth um, in the table with a win of 25-17 over Cardiff. Um, so, the URC is getting nice, um, nicely moved around every weekend. And uh, But now it's time for a never-stop-competing moment of the week. Um, as you mentioned earlier, we're, gi- we're giving a tip of hat to Marty Moore, who played 80 minutes in the front row, which isn't easy, as you know, Lindsay. Yeah, I've done it very few times. It's very, very hard, <laughs> the amount of work he'd get through, and especially a physical team against Munster going down to, to Toman Park. So, yeah. yeah. Well done, Marty Moore. But unfortunately, we're not giving you the never stop competing moment this week with Bank of Ireland. We're actually giving it to Henko Van Wick uh, for Lions against Stormers. He had a very good try. Fell on the ground, got back up, pushed himself all the way over and got there in the end. So Henko Van Wick, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. But you got a never stop competing moment of the week with Bank of Ireland. Very well done, sir. Congratulations. Congratulations. And just to kind of wrap it all up, we want to mention the Women's World Cup, which is getting to the semi-final stage now. Yes. Do you want to fill us in, Lindsay, what's going on there? Yeah, uh, probably true to form. The the big guns have come out. So France beat Italy. Uh, the score doesn't reflect the Italians' performance and it was their first time in a quarterfinal, any Italian team. So congratulations to them on a great tournament. Uh, England, cheers. I don't know how they got through the conditions. It was absolutely horrendous rain. Very, very wet pitch, but they... Uh, just got rid of, just pushed the Australians out of out of their mm-hmm. way. I think Marley Packer had a hat trick, fifty five. Oh no, she's so score tries. Forty one score tries for fun. Look, ah, she's a fantastic <laughs> player. Another player getting better. Uh, New Zealand again, fifty five three against Wales and Canada. Thoughts were going to be slippery. The USA were. 
tougher opponent because they'd met each other in the group stages, but uh, they, again, just overcame the USA. So it'll be uh, New Zealand will play France, I think, and England, England will play Canada in oh. the semis. And what do you think in predictions, England, Ooh. New Zealand into the finals? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I'm waiting. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it. I've been kind of waiting for this. Fr- and the same with the men's, like other than their Grand Slam last, like last year where they were absolutely nearly near perfection. I haven't seen that kind of performance so far from France. They've kind of been a bit timid, so I'm hoping if we're going to have a performance from them, it's going to be in the semi-final. Mm. Um, and I, I think England, I don't see anyone touching them, but at the minute, on form, through the stages and the matches so far, I think it's going to be New Zealand and England. However, if that is the final, it's a repeat of 2017. Mm. Um, England obviously came on the wrong side of that, but by God, was it a cracking final. And I'm wondering with either the pressure of being a home in New Zealand or the pressure of being in England being favourites, I think it's going to be a good one for the mental side mm. of things to see who comes out. I remember out watching that final. I remember being on holidays in, where was I? I was in, I think I was in Spain and I remember watching that and it was unbe- an unbelievable final. But I have a hot take, right? You might agree or disagree with me. Go for it. I think for Give the good of women's rugby, the best thing that could happen out of this whole tournament is England don't win the World Cup. And I'm not just saying that as an Irishman and saying I don't like oh, England. I think you're right. I think they're so dominant at the moment. They're winning so many games. They're, what is it now? Is 28. it 26, 27, 28? I think They've broken the record anyway for the, the most test wins in the history of rugby in a row. Like, when you're going out putting the 80, 85 nil they beat South Africa in their last pool game. They're 75 or 85 nil, whatever yeah. it was. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> if, do you know what I mean? And then going out and like, absolutely hockeying uh, what you call it then again the weekend like Australia another like another big nation it's not like they're going out hockey in a, a put 80 points past Fiji in the first game it's just not a good look I think because you can't have one team in any sport male or female be that dominant and I think it would just be mean so much to have a France or a Canada or a New Zealand win it I just think it would be better because you just don't want to see any team dominate that much. No, and that's where I'd love France to just do something. I nearly want to go over to New Zealand, shake <laughs> them and say, come on, there's a performance <laughs> in his lads. But I think yeah. just a quick mention for uh, the English captain, Sarah Hunter, and uh, she, I think, now becomes the most cap player. I'm going to assume ever, but because she's out, uh, surpassed Rocky Clark, who I think was on 135 caps. So am yeah, I right with that? 138 now, yeah. Yeah, so that's the record. Um Wow, so congrats, yeah, just a, a huge congrats. And to do it, I suppose, in you know what we speak about a modern era, considering like you know England have been professional now, what nearly two mm. two plus years. The fact that she has been there, she's oh god, thir- definitely thirty six, thirty seven, maybe. If hopefully I'm not doing her a disservice, but to do that consistently and as captain with the pressure and yeah. the players they're producing, I think uh, a huge congrats to you. Uh, Sarah Hunter. Yeah, well done, Sarah Hunter. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Women's World Cup unfolds. It's getting very exciting. I think New Zealand with the likes of Ruby Tui, Portia Woodman, Harini's in there as well. Yeah. As and they're the hosts as well. That's that going to help, especially when you get to final and you've got 100%. your home crowd behind yeah. you. That's going to give you that little bit extra. So they're good, but we'll get through the semi-finals first this weekend and see what happens there. But other than that, guys, that's kind of us for the for this week, unfortunately. We have some international rugby to watch this weekend, so next week's podcast will be really entertaining. But thanks very much for your insight. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. And of course, a big thank you to Bank of Ireland, proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. We'll catch you next week, guys. Thanks very much. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.